Before we go into the message, you notice here at the foot of the cross, we have a basket. And we have a time after our worship service for those of us who have collected 30 pieces of silver to put in the basket at the close of our service. So I encourage you, of course, to be a part of that as it goes to missions, the Annie Armstrong missions offering goes to missions in our continent of America, North America. So I encourage you to be a part of that. And I also get a word out just because time gets away from us. But just before our time of reviving kicks off May 4th through the 7th, on the 3rd, we have an opportunity to join with some other churches and Tri-City Recovery at Springdale Apartments. Just to go down there as a guy that's um, from Tri-City Recovery, he said he just wants churches to go down there and just just love the people there. And we've reserved the block trailer and want to involve our people here. And I think there's cotton candy and popcorn or snow cones. I'm not sure. I'll have to find out exactly what's in the block party trailer that, that we're going to be using. But, of course, we need you to be a part of that. An opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus. You'll see that in the bulletin. Be more about that. I know we don't have a lot of time. But we really need you if you can be a part of that. Okay. With that said, let's look at our message. We are in John 21. Uh, this morning, I encourage you to turn there when you find that scripture to stand in our God's honor. So I read from the text, those first 14 verses. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples... We're together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. You will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. May God honor the reading of his word. Let's pray. God, we are here today to celebrate the fact that the grave could not hold you. That there is hope That there is life. That there is a God who poured out his love full force. And the resurrection is proof that it was not without a reason. 
thank you for the forgiveness you've provided and the fact that we'll be with you for all time by trusting in your grace and your mercy in Christ Jesus. May we just worship you today, Lord, as we look at this awesome account, Father, of your people as they experience you afresh. May we too experience you afresh. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, it's mind-blowing to me to think that not only in this building, not only in this town of Bristol, not only in the Tri-Cities, not only in the state, not only in this nation, not only on this continent, but across the world, this morning, there are people gathered just like us for a primary purpose, to worship the fact that Jesus is alive. Different languages, different cultures, different places, different colors of skin, different types of people united in one great truth. That the grave is empty, that our Lord is alive, that He is risen, and that we can celebrate hope. (laughs) That God's love is made complete, and that we are able to experience that. Not only will we go to heaven, but now His resurrection life is within His people, those who have trusted Christ Jesus. That's what the Scriptures teach, guys. There was a common greeting among His people in the early church where one would come to another and one would say, He is risen. And the others would say, He is risen indeed. And that also became common among God's people where the leader of the congregation would say, He is risen And the people in response would say, he is risen indeed. So let's celebrate that today. Three times, let's build in volumes. Let's start out kind of quiet and move our way up three times. I'll say, he is risen. And may you respond, he is risen indeed. Ready? He is risen. He is risen. Let's let it go. He is risen. Amen. Amen. He's risen indeed. Now let's let's uh let's look at this account here. What an awesome account here in John twenty one. He starts out here, he, the first word here in this account, he says afterward. After what? After the time God had spent with those who were with him. I love one quote by a guy. He said that the disciples were those who roomed and roamed with the master. They hung out with Jesus. Jesus wasn't just a religious leader. Jesus was a man that they knew who was more than a man. By his very presence, they knew he was special. That he was God. That he was the Messiah. He was their hope. And sometimes we look at the scriptures, it's like we forget that these are real personalities. These are real people. You had Peter. Peter was a fun-loving guy. But Peter was a guy that was impulsive. And and although he could be the life of the party, he could do some things that were nuts that would get him in all kinds of trouble. Because he was so impulsive. Then, As I was thinking about I was thinking about Philip. And he was the guy, remember when they fed the 5,000? And and he said, Lord, he said, if we had all the money of eight months' wages, we couldn't feed all these people. He was always calculating in his mind. You know, some of us are like that. Lord, I have this need. Calculate, calculate. This is what I need, God. You've got to come up with this exactly like I need it, Lord. I'm telling you what to do, Lord, because this is what I need. And then you, you had uh, those sons of thunder. Man, they could get mad in a moment's notice. 
Yeah, and there was that account where you say, God, those people, you need to strike them down with the, just let the lightning come down. Boom! Just burn them up, Lord. Let them have it. Man, you know, these people are real people. And then there's John. It says the disciple Jesus loved. He, he was a guy Jesus, he had a fondness for. It, you know, he just liked him. He, he, there, there was just that connection. All of these, they were with Jesus and they had followed him. They saw the miracles. They saw the healings. And of course, they saw the march to the cross. Those bogus trials, the beatings, the nailing to the cross being placed in the tomb. And the resurrection. The wonderful resurrection. He he appeared to them, but Thomas wasn't there. Remember, Thomas said, well, you know, he says, I, that's a lot to believe. He said, unless I see the nail marks, I'm not going to believe. And we know what happened. Jesus comes back and he shows Thomas the scars, the nail marks. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. So there, there were two appearances. But this morning, we're going to look at the third appearance and, and as we look at the scripture here, it says in John 21, afterward Jesus appeared again to his disciples. Where were they? they? They were at the Sea of Tiberias. It mentions seven of them, Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, those hotheads, sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples, doesn't specifically name them. Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Will you go with me? So he pointed to this boat. He doesn't describe it specifically, but it was a boat I'm sure they were familiar with. And I expect there was a, a large net dangling down from the boat and they climbed into the boat. You see, that they still needed a job. The days of rooming and roaming with the master were past. There was still that pain, that memory, of that loneliness, that, that sense of if only he... He were still directing us in flesh right beside us. But they said, let's go back to what we're familiar with. Let's get in the boat and let's have a great night fishing. Experienced fishermen fished all night, hour after hour, expecting to catch fish. And that's when I'm really terrible at fishing. I, I can't go hour after hour. I sometimes have trouble minute after minute. But it says that they were at it all night. <laughs> Notice here verse 4, or verse 3, it says they caught nothing. Ouch, that's no fun. Early in the morning, look who was on the shore. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. You know, it's also, once again, real people, aren't we like that sometimes? Jesus is with us. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But sometimes we just don't recognize He's there. We don't, we're not aware of His presence. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? <laughs> you know, I wonder what went through their minds. They didn't recognize you. Now remember, they're professional fishermen. And here's this guy on the side. They don't recognize really who he is. Haven't you caught any fish? I bet they were thinking, you knothead. I'm a fisherman. If anybody could catch fish, it'd be me, not you. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. I wonder if there was a little attitude that could have played out for a few moments. But I mean, let's face the harsh reality. There were no fish in the net. So what happened? 
Well, they put the net down. When they did, they put the net down. They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. (laughs) Wow. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, his, his eyes were open. He could see clearly. And what did he say? Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. That's no ordinary stranger. That's Jesus. And, and, and we know how Peter is. This is just like, I mean, this is Peter, isn't it? As soon as Peter heard him say, it's the Lord. He wrapped that outer garment around him. And he, he jumped into the water. We read here they were about a hundred yards from shore. Peter wasn't going to wait to get the heavy load of fish in the boat that hundred yards of the shore. He was going to jump in and swim and be ahead of the game. Because Peter, acting on impulse, wanted to be there. Wanted to get there. Before anybody else. The rest, they had that boat. They're dragging those 153 large fish. They're not small fish. They're not the little things, you know, like the minnows like I might catch. They're the big ones. 153 fish in the net, but the net didn't tear. They pull it up to the shore and they get out and... This is great. Look, look as we read, it says... Um, <laughs> when they landed, verse 9, they saw a fire... A burning coals there with fish on it. And some bread. They got there. And what they see, they saw fire. And they saw fish. They saw bread. Uh, um, years ago, I got really interested in a group called the Navigators. They did a lot of scripture memory. The guy who started that was a guy named Dawson Trotman. Who not only had a love for scripture memory, but he had a vision where he wanted the gospel to go out all over the world. And it was really interesting how God worked. This was around the time of World War II. He was actually near a naval base. And as he prayed for God to take the gospel out, he began to take some of those uh, men from the Navy that were stationed there. And uh, they began a small group uh, of learning about Jesus memorizing scripture together and growing in the faith. And these people got on ships and literally went all over the world and carried the gospel. And so God honored and he blessed. And, and, and God moved in. They called him Dawes and Trotman. They called him Dawes for short. God moved in Dawes' heart. And, and one time he was speaking and he spoke with such a passion. He caught the heart of a guy named Lauren Sandy who years later would take over the Navigator's um, organization. But as Lauren heard him, Man, he was moved. And afterward, he came up to Dawes and he, he said, you know, I want to be a professional boxer. You know, that's my passion. That's what I really want to do. But as I heard you talk, man, something burned inside of me. And I thought, if what he is saying is true, if this message of Jesus Christ is real and he's alive and he's Lord and he can change life and give you meaning and purpose and fill your heart, I want that. He said, man, I, he, he said, is it real? Will you meet with me? Dawes didn't miss a beat. He said, are you serious? And the guy said, man, I'm serious. Are you for real? Man, I'm for real. Meet me over there on the side of the lake. Four o'clock in the morning if you're serious. So, four o'clock in the morning, he drives up. And there's a fire. And there's fish cooking on the fire. And there's bread. 
Are you serious? These disciples, they've, they've wandered around and they've missed Jesus and, and they've wanted to see Him and, and they've come to the land and, and there they spot this fire. And, and they spot the fish and they spot the bread. And, and, and I could not help but, but think of the occasion where Jesus fed the 5,000 where you know, He took the, and the little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and it just kept spreading out. And in this time, I'm sure those memories went through the minds of those disciples. And isn't it awesome in here? This is the third time that we, it says here at the, um, near the end of the passage that Jesus appeared to his disciples. And not any of those accounts does Jesus rebuke them. Not in any of those accounts does Jesus condemn them. He just loves them. And, and that's what I want us to, um, to look at as, as a, as we look here at a couple of truths, I just want to point out, just from looking at our passage of Scripture here. First, did you notice he came where they were? They didn't realize Jesus was there. Sometimes we're not aware he's there. Jesus knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly what they were experiencing he knew their hearts. He knew their emotions. He knew their disappointments. He knew everything about them. And he was there. He cared enough to enter into their lives. That's our God. He's not a distant God. He's a close dad. <laughs> that loves us with that kind of heart. Secondly, he helps them face the truth. What was the truth? They had been fishing all night, but no fish. <laughs> He loved them so much, he, he had them deal with the truth. That's our God. It's not always sweet, drippy kind of love. Sometimes it's the kind of love that hurts, but it's a love that's necessary to pull us close to Him because that's the only good place to be, is close to Him, close to our God. Third, He wants us to enjoy life. Notice he gave them another plan. Put your nets over on this side of the boat and then the fish came up. Man, he he loves us so much, even though we may not have a clue. He says, follow me according to the light I give you and you'll be able to see just enough to walk. And it'll be where you need to be and, and, and I will bless. Follow him. Fourth. Jesus invites them to come to him. I love this part. You know, here they come to the land. They, they landed. They saw the fire burning coals. They saw the fish. They saw the bread. And notice verse 10 what Jesus said to them. Bring some of the fish you have called. What's he do? He invites them to breakfast. Someone said, well, where'd the fish and the bread come from? He's God. No big deal for him to get the fish and the bread. He could have just said, hey, you fish in the lake, jump in my pan here. i got to do some cooking. Or bread, just, you know, show up. This is our God as he works. But here's another cool thing. Bring some of the fish you caught. Well, they wouldn't have caught them, Jesus, if you hadn't given them some help there. But he says, I want you to be involved. Bring your fish. Let's share this meal together. And isn't it awesome that God says, join me. It's not just that I'm working. I want to work in your life. Bring your fish. Be a part of this breakfast. Be a, let's share this together. It's grace. And Peter came in. Man, he was... Remember, he dove in the water. He came in. And I'm sure he was a little bit... You know, sea 
dirt, whatever. You know. He gets there. He didn't sit down. He didn't say, Peter, you need to stay over there. You guys come over here and we'll share together. No! He brought everyone close. Let's eat breakfast together. Let's share. It's the message of grace. The cross, the resurrection, it's the message of hope. And nobody's left out. His love is inclusive. Hey, it, it's for all of us. For all of us. Fifth. He just keeps coming back. We have our issues. We have our struggles. We do good for a while and then we plummet. But God never abandons us. God's love is always there. He just keeps coming back. This is the third time He appears. He just keeps coming back. No matter the grief. No matter the pain. No matter the sin, he keeps coming back. It's the, as we talked about this morning um, in the sunrise service, the empty cross is a picture that he's, he's forgiven us, he paid the price. The empty tomb, there's that eternal life. And the empty grave clothes is the fact he wants a relationship with us. He's not, as I said, a distant dad. He wants to come close. <laughs> that is our God. That's the invitation that he gives. That's what life's about. That's why we celebrate on this day. Because the empty tomb. Man, it's just a fact that our Lord's alive. And because of that, guys, there's life that matters that's available. And that's why we're here. We're here to celebrate that. And not just in this building. We want our lives to celebrate it where He sends us. Where we live. Where we work. Where we play. Where we are. That's that's our God at work, that that is what he calls us to. Um, I remember the harsh reality of learning that my eyes, you, know, you hit that 40 thing, your eyes start to get kind of bad. Anyway, I went to uh, get my driver's license some years back. and I was at that borderline. They said, well, you can get your license, but you really ought to get glasses. And then, and then they're like, no, you got to get glasses for you can get your license. So I went and I got glasses. And then I went back and they said, well, you might could have got by that. But anyway, here was the thing I didn't even realize. I, I was borderline. I could kind of get by. But man, when I put the glasses on, the world got clear. I didn't even know it was fuzzy. I was so used to kind of looking through eyes that couldn't quite focus and see the picture clear. <laughs> the clear picture is that Jesus Christ is alive. And then he offers life worth living. And as we we come to the end of this service, this is a chance. We call it respond, invitation, whatever. As we have an altar, we want that message to be clear. And it's for everybody. There's some people say, well, not me. If you knew what I did, God does. But the message is for all of us. Grace is for all. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he forgives all. Let's pray. Lord, uh, how awesome to worship you today. To think of those early disciples, Lord. Who, it had to be so exciting to see you again, Lord. To be invited to breakfast with you. Father, how awesome you are. And you invite us today, this moment. To know you, to walk with you, to experience you as the living God. 
And I just pray, Father, that our hearts would be warmed and open to that truth. And we don't want anyone to miss that incredible message. Father, we want all to leave here knowing that God loves, loves us all. And that dying on a cross, rising from the grave, sitting at the right hand of the Father, the road's there to have a new start and a new life for all of us. So I just pray that no one here will miss that, Lord. As we celebrate you, may we understand that, Father, you you can't tolerate our sin, so you died for it. And now we can live with you. So if anyone here has never trusted you, now's the time to say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Enter my life. Give me a new start. <laughs> I believe you're alive. May your life enter me. And change everything. So, Father, anyone that prayed that they're new in you, if they just trust you and believe in you. Father, may we just all live with the power that you provide. Father, as we have this time to sing to you and respond to you, may your spirit clearly be free to move. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand.